We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome into another Three Mod Pod. I am John Kurtz, joined by Cole Manbeck and Derek Young. This is way more fun than when we usually do it in front of a computer screen because we are we're live in color right in front of you uh, from the bowels of the artist formerly known as Sprint Center that I will just refuse to call T-Mobile Center on first uh, first blush for the rest of my life. Uh, but we get to do not only all these awesome interviews that you guys have either seen already or will be seeing with uh, Jerome Tangy Company here at Basketball Media Days, but now we're doing the good old nitty-gritty football pod. So uh, get ready for that. And you know what? You might pour yourself a nice drink while you do. Some Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon, might I suggest, or perhaps 360 Vodka. Whichever flavor you prefer, it is brought to you by Holiday Distillery. Great supporters of our pod. They're K-State people, so please support them like they support us. And whether it is the 360 Vodka or Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon, make sure that you get that ready to go. It's going to be a long day Saturday. Cole and I had a long day the other Saturday waiting for the Iowa State game. We got another primetime conference road game that you're going to have to wait. And this one, this one's 7, right? It's straight up 7 o'clock, so it's even like an extra extra little hour or half hour from what we had at Iowa State, I believe. I've got a group of eight K-Staters that I'll be at the game in Fort Worth uh, in Section 119. Come say hi. If you're a K-State fan, please buy tickets around us so we're not surrounded by TCU fans. And I will be sneaking in. A flask of uh, some Ben Holiday bottled in bond. There you go. There you sure. go. Okay. Well, if you need if you need tickets, I go look at at JL Kurtz on Twitter. There was a Texas Tech fan who told me. So these Tech fans, right? They tried to snatch up all these tickets for their game against TCU and like fill the place, flood it like they did against Texas. But they had to buy like a three pack. So there are a bunch of Texas Tech fans that have tickets to the K State TCU game. And I retweeted this guy who says he has twelve of them. So if you need if you need cheap tickets to the game in Fort Worth. Uh, don't hit up those those secondary marketplaces. Just just go on Twitter. Find it from my, my Texas Tech fan friend here. Look at this bond we formed with Texas Tech, man. That's, That's a great a- relationship. I really credit you for a lot of it with the gambling gotchos guys yeah. and all of them. I mean, I think you've really developed a nice rapport with them. And I appreciate uh, that they keep losing to Kansas State as well. Hmm. That part helps. Yeah, that, yeah. Probably, that probably does help a little bit. All right, it's headline time. Uh, I think the biggest headline to me, not only in observing what happened at the press conference, this week, but just in general has been, I mean, how needed the buy was just to get this team healthy. Um, I know Kleiman, I saw Kleiman said, like, ah, is there really that much of a tactical advantage or whatever for the bye week? Not really. It's much more so about just bumps and bruises, getting guys healthy. But we knew Deuce Vaughn was banged up. We knew Khalid Duke was banged up. We knew King Felix was banged up. Nate Matlack, Daniel Green. I mean, this is like a laundry list of the all Big 12 sort of guys that you have on your team that were all a little bit dinged up. But uh, it sounds like D.Y. right now, everybody pretty good. Anticipating yeah, playing? They're all good to go. Chris Kleiman even said everybody that played against Iowa State is on track to play against TCU. So uh, everyone's on track. I think the one, the only one that maybe is a little in question is Khalid Duke. But he practiced on Tuesday, even if on a limited basis. I think we can hear the T-Mobile Center um, noise in the background. But, yeah, Khalid Duke is, I think, the only one that's a little bit in question. Yeah. Cole, you feeling pretty good about where this team's at well, health-wise? It was a perfect time for a bye week to occur, for sure. I mean, you're at that midway point of the season, and not only from a physical standpoint, but from a mental toll. I mean, we as fans felt it, right? I mean, Saturday against Iowa State was mentally exhausting. It's really hard so, being a fan, let yeah. me tell you. You know, honestly, it's gotten to the point where I don't actually enjoy watching K-State games. <laughs> it's more like three and a half hours of stress for me, because last Saturday was the funnest 
day of it helped that there were great games all day but it was the funnest day i've had this year on a saturday well, because let me tell you what the next six weeks might be like because yeah they're all going to be close it's only going to get no more tense i disagree oh, oh john thinks uh, this, john, they're we, blowing somebody out down well, the street. Right. you've said they're blowing tcu out on saturday uh, that's right. group chat conversation <laughs> that's not public consumption you, that's you, just you, because i want an excuse to use the spongebob gif where he goes like this and it says murder in a rainbow I was say, use the that's M the only word, reason the m word well well look it uh from a health standpoint, uh, the guy I'm really excited to see this weekend, Nate Matlack, and yeah. finally see him hopefully get back to full full health because we've only gotten to see a glimpse of him healthy this year. He got banged up in the two-lane game and really hadn't been himself since. And with that bye week, it sounds like he made the most progress of Coach, anybody. Coach Clement said he made the biggest leap. So, Yeah, and you know if you can get him paired with Felix and then Khalid Duke all together in that trio – pretty exciting to watch what that pass rush could do so that's that's a big part to me obviously deuce is huge i mean who knows if he would have been available without that that bye week yeah it 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 sounded like he was the the one least dinged up actually it was interesting though that they with with deuce chris Kleiman was adamant that he could not have returned it against iowa state but yet a few days after they were already feeling very confident that he was fine so i think he just like rolled a knee rolled an ankle okay All right, well, that, that is great news because full-strength K-State, man, I feel pretty good about them against basically anybody in this conference, including TCU, and that leads me into headline number two. Against TCU in this spot, I mean, if I were a TCU fan, I'd be a little worried about yeah. the, the situation that you're in, right? So if you go back two weeks ago, college game day went to Lawrence, Kansas. I'm not sure if you guys heard, but that, that was a thing that did happen, and that was there for the TCU game, right? So not only do you have the the hoopla and the hype around that game, because it wasn't just about Kansas. It was also about, hey, here's this unbeaten top 20 TCU team there. They take a a pretty good shot from Kansas. I mean, close to Kansas' best shot, certainly, that they could give, I think, with a backup quarterback in the second half. They're one for four TDs. But you find a way to win. You move on, and you have an even bigger game against Oklahoma State, and it is this war of not only – what's happening on the field, but just the emotion that went into that. I mean, a double overtime game, so it's it's longer than your typical game. You're perhaps more beat up, just emotionally drained. I mean, I, that was a very emotionally draining game to watch. And for Max Duggan and company to lead that sort of comeback, it was, it was incredible, great theater to watch as a football game. But if I'm a TCU fan, I'm sitting here saying, like, man, can we get back up to that same emotional level that we've been on for the last two weeks when we had game day, and then we had the huge game against Oklahoma State where it took a monster comeback. I, It, it feels like a kind of letdown spot here for TCU. I would agree. And they're also probably at a point, and this is just kind of like human nature that we all cling to, not something that must happen. But they're also due for a little bit of a down game from the offense, um, particularly Max Duggan. If you look at you know his career and what he has been typically, you know, historically as a quarterback, it hasn't been this consistently good. This is kind of a new Max Duggan that we're seeing, just like for most people that would say this is a new Adrian Martinez that we're seeing. So if you believe in the whole regression to the norm thing, um, we're probably approaching that time for both of the quarterbacks. So we'll see which one may be uh, more susceptible, more vulnerable to that. You also have to think TCU's a – this is – First time they've been in the top 10 since when, 2014, 2015? See, I mean, that's the other thing. If there's if there's one of these two teams that's been reading their press clippings, as Bill Snyder would say a little bit, right. it'd be, it'd be TCU much more so than K-State because yeah, K-State won in Ames, but that wasn't pretty. It was a one-point win, and it was not like people were running around being like, hey, look at this team, they're great. TCU now is getting some of that treatment. Like, hey, you know, I listen to so many national college football podcasts and the conversation, they're like loosely on the fringe there of like, hey, is this – a team that we need to start including in the playoff conversation. I mean, that's where TCU's at right now because they're unbeaten. That, and I've seen, there are some people that think it's almost a lock that it's Texas versus TCU and Arlington at this point, which I think is a little bit of crazy talk without balanced and... Well, Cole just rolled his eyes yeah, pretty hard at that. Without balanced and, and like, the, the parity in this league, saying it's a lock for any... Now it's not, like, I'm not saying that a ton of people are saying that, but everyone almost seems convinced that those are the two best teams would you agree it seems like a lot of other people would agree probably I think there's enough respect for Oklahoma State that some would hold off on saying that but I get the point that you're making that the hype for Texas is off the chain and it, it, you know whatever we can talk about Texas later yeah. but we'll give Cole the floor well I need to we need to look at TCU's schedule probably a little more in depth but what I do know is this is their third home game out of four big 12 games right and then they're going to have some road games coming up down the road now they already got Oklahoma State out of the way and 
I don't feel strange to say Kansas on the road being a difficult game, but it certainly was. So no, de- no defense, though. Yeah, no defense, and so um, yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't put TCU in the Big Twelve title game at this point. I'm still questioning how real they are. Dy mentioned a Max Duggan game. I mean, I, I think there's an opportunity for that to occur in this game, and that's not disrespect to Max Duggan. I mean, really, this is a game that's a battle of two of the best comeback stories in college football at the quarterback position, right? You know, look at Max Duggan and what he's been able to do when he was, wasn't going to be the starting quarterback, didn't transfer, didn't pout, stayed at TCU, and now is having a great year. And Adrian Martinez obviously has really bounced back from his days at Nebraska and is having a great season for Kansas State. So some real redemption stories here at the quarterback position, but I just don't know. Look, Sonny Dykes was not my favorite hire um, when he was named the TCU head coach. Now, right now, it looks like I've been proven wrong, but – I still think that Sonny Dykes will have a Sonny Dykes moment as well. And I think Kansas State has a coaching advantage on Saturday. Uh, so I, I think K-State can go into TCU and get off to a 4-0 start in Big 12 play, and I actually feel somewhat confident in that. The bye week plays heavily into that. You know, you mentioned it, John. I mean, when they were playing Oklahoma State on Saturday, I one of the things I joked about before the game was I wanted a seven-overtime type game, and then it goes to double overtime. It's not just the mental toll, but the physical toll on the bodies of TCU and playing 80-plus snaps in that game and the physicality of playing an Oklahoma State yeah. team. Um, and we saw Max Duggan banged up. Yeah, he, he was he was massaging a shoulder in the overtime periods of that game. He started to get hit more. And so, look, they have Chandler Morris, the guy that they actually named the starter going into the year. He's back. He's in uniform on the sideline against Oklahoma State. So they have a quality backup option. But I don't know. Like, I just – I feel like TCU's kind of due for that kind of dud-type game. And uh, I think K-State's defense is good enough. And and I want to mention this. By far, Kansas State, the best defense they'll have played this season. Yeah, actually, I wanted to to mention that, D.Y. So look at the defenses that TCU has played in terms of points per drive allowed. Colorado, 121st out of 131 FBS teams. They're great. KU, 116th in the country in points per drive allowed. SMU, 103rd. Oklahoma, 88. OSU, 67. K-State, 1.54 points per drive, 14th in the country. The best defense they'd allowed, they'd played in points per drive allowed was Oklahoma State at 67, and then it's 88 and on up that I, they played. To point out, I think it's worth pointing out, not that your point can't be made, but K-State's also being propped up by playing the two worst offenses in Big 12 and Iowa State and Texas Tech. Well, you, you make a good point there as well, Dewa, and I actually pulled those numbers because I want to be consistent in how yeah. I present this. If you look at the offenses that K-State has faced – in terms of the K-State defense going up opposing offenses, Texas Tech, 82nd in points per drive. Oklahoma, 24th in points per drive. Missouri, 102nd. Ugh. Yeah, Iowa State, 94th. <laughs> sorry, Tucker. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tucker. Iowa State, 94th. And then Tulane, 43. Look at Tulane. And, I will, and I'll also say My for, dogs. for the Oklahoma one, they got the best version of Oklahoma. They did. Yep. And that's something that people need to remember is that when K-State beat Oklahoma – Oklahoma was a top 10 team at that time. The energy was high. Their confidence was high. Their stadium, their fan base was energetic and into it. So K-State took Oklahoma's best shot, a better shot from Oklahoma than any other team in the Big 12 has had because of that. That was The morale was high at Oklahoma at the time. In a full four quarters of Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, so I would argue K-State's win was the most impressive against Oklahoma out of any Big 12 team because of what they did, and I think they exposed some holes in Oklahoma's team. Yeah, totally true. I'm, I'm kind of amazed that Tulane's offense is that high. I mean, they, they were missing their starting quarterback for a minute there, too. Yeah, they didn't have him against Houston. And their defense is in the top ten. Yeah, that, it was the defense that I thought was the real strong suit there. Yeah, yeah TCU or uh, Tulane's defense is uh, number nine in the country in points per drive allowed. Iowa State's 16th. Um, so K-State has, and Missouri's 36th. They've been really good defensively, especially in SEC play. So if you look at the defenses K-State's offenses went up against, they played really good defenses. Um, It's just my whole point is TCU is going to face the best defense by far. Yeah. And I'll be curious how they do offensively with the explosive plays because that's a TCU team that relies a lot on explosives. Well, you guys know I'm all about, like, narrative storytelling in games here. And I think a big part of this is what we've talked about for a while in headline number three, getting over the hump. Like, the Iowa State game was, hey, get over the hump, set yourself up for a top-20 matchup, which I saw. What was the stat that's going out there? It's the first since 2014, since the Alamo Bowl. This is the first time K-State has played a game between two top-20 teams, which, I mean. Came from D. Scott. That is great. Yeah, okay, there you go. I'm glad we uh, give proper attribution there. It's a great stat from D. Scott because it underscores the point that we've made so many times on 
whether it's been PowerCat Game Day over the years or this podcast here. It's like climbing in case they need to get over the hump to where you're playing big games. And they, they did that with Iowa State. So now you're here. Yep. You're on the precipice of this. You win this. Now you set up next week. Perhaps. We know that K-State's got an outside shot at college game day, depending on what happens with Oklahoma State, Clemson, some others, Ohio State, Penn State. But they're on the short list next week. I mean, that could be a massive game. Even if game day is not going to be there, you, one, put yourself in great position to be in Arlington. You're probably going to jump yourself up into, what, the 12, 13, 14 yeah. range in maybe the country higher. if you maybe win this higher. game. Maybe, I, I think, like 12, 12, 13, probably. Yep. You win this game against TCU. I mean, then you're going to really generate a lot of conversation about yourself. So you've leveled up. This is a chance to level up once again. Yeah, and I, I would just say that the only detail you probably uh, didn't mention was even the next week with Texas, then you're looking at a potential big noon kick type of atmosphere for that one. So, I mean, let alone, let's put it this way, if you knock off TCU, you're, you're setting up two monster home games against Oklahoma State and Texas. Both are already sellouts. The Kansas game at the end of the year. You can't stay, I think, I saw somewhere I mean, they've had every home game sold out now for, I think, a couple of weeks. I think they were the first team in Big 12 to sell out every home game this year. Yeah, 102% capacity, I believe, on the year, which is only going to go up with standing room only. People are going to buy up these tickets as they continue to win. And, you know, to your point, John, in the Chris Kleiman era, every time they got ranked right around that 24th, 25th spot in the polls, they lost in the very ensuing week and never sniffed the top 25 again. It was the 2019 3-0 non-con start, lose to Oklahoma State, then lose to Baylor at home not ranked in the rest of the year. Same thing in 2020, 4-1 start to the year with the win at OU and then drop out of the polls after they dropped several games and didn't win a game in the last six weeks of the year. And now they are at that position where the Iowa State game kept them in the polls, kept them moving up, and now they're on more of the national radar at this point. And you had the bye week, so you, you continue to just kind of climb. And now if you beat TCU, to your point, you're a near top 10 team in the country and you're being talked about as a legitimate well, not playoff contender, but you'd, you'd be a favorite to get to the Big 12 championship sure. at that point because you would have won three games on the road um, all under the lights, which is another thing. I mean, you look at K-State's schedule, you know, it's unfortunate they're having to play all these road games at night because that's when you get teams' best shots often. But, you know, that's what makes it so impressive. They can snag this game. You start to own a lot of tiebreakers against other teams. And what, what do we talk about? You set up. An electric atmosphere, probably the best atmosphere you've had in a K-State home game since 2012 at that point. Now, you could look at the Auburn game in 14. Yeah, I was going to say, was Auburn fantastic. 14 was pretty lit. I mean, that, that, was... that was fantastic. So I would say, you know, at least at that level, I'm ready to hear. It's not that the atmosphere has been poor in Manhattan, but I'm ready to hear that stadium rocking again like it used to do back when K-State was a powerhouse. And I, I think the opportunity is there for that to occur against Oklahoma State if you beat TCU. It'll be interesting to see what time that game is with Oklahoma State the following week, right? Um, after the TCU game, they put it on a six. Yeah, six we're on the six-day six window, yep. so we don't know. I so believe it's, it's, it's anything but a night game. I think it won't be. It's probably not going to be a night game, from what we understand. I believe there's a good chance it's going to be a two-thirty game um, on ABC or ESPN. Hopefully, now mm-hmm. FS1 also has a two-thirty window. I believe Fox Sports One, um, but there's also an opportunity to be at eleven. If you're, I don't understand putting it at eleven if it's not the big game. Big, what do you? Big noon game on Big Fox. If it's not that, then and it's not going to be that because they already announced that. The eleven o'clock ABC's open. Yeah, you put it at two thirty on hopefully ABC or ESPN. Just not. You're not telling me there's an outside chance I get Brando two weeks in a row, is there? Oh. That would be a. Uh, I think that would be a Brock Heward, Jason Benetti game because I don't think. Well, I heard <laughs> FS1 get brought up at one point in there, and I was well, like, Ugh. it did actually. It's crazy that this game is FS1, right? It is. Because baseball. Phillies Padres. Phillies Padres is what's (laughs) making me listen to Tim Brando for three hours this Saturday. Yeah. Hey, come to Fort Worth. Got extra tickets. (laughs) I know where to get 12 of them. Yes, you are correct. That's a fair point. Fair point. All right. I I hate to disappoint everybody. John always makes an enemy out of everyone. Now we get the Philadelphia Phillies fans coming at us. Oh, you know, they're fine. I actually kind of like the Padres. The Padres are (laughs) – I'm sort of a – I love San Diego, and I've seen a handful of Padres games in my life. So, you know, I'll take the Padres. But um, we do not have a DY conversation of the week. DY Sunday conversation is not happening this week. Uh, We had some technical issues. User error. It's it's okay, though. You know, he was coming back from Cabo. It was, you know, long night of – what time did you actually get back, by the way? Ooh, it was like 1, 1.30 a.m. We actually deplaned on the tarmac because we got back wow. so late and no one was manning the gate. 
Okay. Yeah, that's pretty late. All right. So cut DY some slack here. We do not have a DY conversation of the week. That just means you get more of us, though. That's okay. Plus, we got like a million basketball interviews uh, coming at you over the next few days. So we'll, we'll make up for it. We promise. TCU preview time, Cole. We, we've already talked a little bit about them. But, man, I mean, I will say this. Max Duggan deserves all the credit in the world for the turnaround that he's put together this year. I mean, the guy was not even going to start, and he didn't transfer. He was going to just stick around because he loves TCU. And that, I mean, there was talk at one point and more in this later about is, is Duggan a guy that K-State can go get in the portal? Because the assumption was he would be in the portal with, with Dykes and, and Chandler Morris. He's not. He's been playing phenomenal football. Didn't play a great first half against Oklahoma State, but turned it on in the second half. And then, I mean, he's, he's got some dudes. Uh, Quentin Johnston, in particular, a receiver, is an absolute dude and a total stud. So uh, there is plenty to be concerned about with the TCU offense. Well, you know, it, it, what's interesting about it, when you think of Sonny Dykes, right, an offensive mastermind, you don't think of running the football necessarily in terms of commitment to the run, more of an aerial assault type. But He's an air raid guy. Yeah, well, they're, get, they're rushing for 240 yards per game, which is top 10 in the country, and they are number one in the country with 6.6 yards per carry on the season. Kendra mm. Miller. So Kendra Miller, he kind of got overshadowed last year, right, guys, when Zach Evans was the running back who then eventually transferred to Ole Miss. Zach yep. Evans, top running back recruit in the country out of high school. Kendra Miller has averaged seven yards per career, carry in his entire career. And we're talking over 200 carries in his career. This is his third season. He's six foot, 220 pound power type running back with over 1,600 yards rushing in his career. It really starts with him and the physicality he brings to the table in the running game. And then DeMarcato is another running back they utilize who's a fifth-year senior, experienced in the program, has over 1,200 yards rushing in his career. And then Max Duggan, at quarterback, has rushed for nearly 1,800 yards in his career and averaged over 4.5 yards per carry throughout his five years at TCU. So they have a lot of options in the running game, which makes them much more harder to defend and pin your ears back and go after the quarterback because they're so balanced. In fact, 52% of their plays on the year are passes, 48% runs. Mm. Very balanced. Okay. You look at K-State on the other end, on the offensive side of the football, 62% of K-State's plays are runs, only 38% passes. So TCU is a, a very balanced team comparatively. Um, but, yeah, that running game, that first and foremost, that's what K-State has to try and take away. K-State's given up about four yards per carry on the season. So you got to start to make them a little more, more one-dimensional so you can key in on those receivers. But it's very challenging. To kind of – jump off that I wrote some things down too that they kind of go into TCU has a better success rate as a running team than they do a passing team actually their passing success rate is only better than Kansas State Texas Tech and Iowa State so their success rate as a passing unit is not very good wow okay okay that yeah. makes sense how where, where does four yards per carry rank by the way in the big 12 for uh, K-State? Well, do you know actually, that off, off the top? well you know John I always prepare us for this so let's uh yards per rush four yards per carry 54th in the country now I'm not okay. sure so where it's, that, it's solid it, yeah it's not it's not bad by any means um so yeah and I think Oklahoma was the one team that kind of exposed them in the running game a little bit but look we know how that offense and, plays and Kansas State's a better pass defense when it comes to success rate than a yeah. rush defense Kansas State is number one in the big 12 success rate against the pass yeah you, you look across the board they're top 25 in the country and every pass efficiency pass defense type metric yeah. pass efficiency d etc um i think there's an opportunity to get after duggan in this game look we know felix had six sacks i'm not gonna say he had four last well, year uh, well that's right he had six sacks yeah. against tcu but last i will year. say this tcu is number one in the big 12 and havoc allowed least havoc rate allowed Oh, okay. So, so, they're, they're, so they're not getting negative mm. plays, right, and for Kansas, our and, listeners? And Kansas State's number two. Okay. So both uh, teams. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, the one thing, they're, they're big on explosives at TCU, so they lead the Big 12 with 28% of their plays overall go for 10-plus yards. This is from KSU underscore fan Jimmy Goheen. I don't want to take the credit for maybe tweeted out this graphic, so thanks to Jimmy on this. Give him a follow at KSU underscore fan. Uh, he's a great follow and, and great analytical and advanced stats guy. Um, they're second in the Big 12 TCU offenses in plays of 20-plus yards, and they lead the Big 12 in plays of 50-plus yards at nearly 2% of their total plays go for 50-plus yards. Now, you look at K-State's defense, they're giving up the fewest percentage of plays of 10-plus yards on the season per Jimmy. So, you know, you've got – it's a really interesting matchup, and you look at TCU's receivers and how good K-State's been in the secondary to what you mentioned, D.Y., this is where it becomes a little bit tricky because it's not just Quentin Johnston. No, Quentin Johnson, six foot four, two hundred fifteen pound receiver, very talented, dynamic. He has twenty two catches for three hundred eighty six yards in his last two games. First four games, you and I watched the the KU game. I mentioned to you, 
he only had like 114 yards in the first four games of the season, and but we knew the potential was there for him. What makes them even more dangerous, though, is it's not just Quentin Johnston that has been good. They, they have a ton of experienced receivers that are in their fourth and fifth year in the program. Johnson's in year three, but Tay Barber, 5'10", senior, in year five at TCU, more than 1,700 yards receiving in his career, 136 catches. Darius Davis, 5'10", senior, year five in the program, 91 catches for 1,200 yards in his career. And then you add in Savion Williams, who's only got 150 yards or so receiving, but he's six foot five, another oh. big physical receiver. And then Jordan Hudson, who has about 115 yards receiving on the year, true freshman that was the number 70 player in the country in the last recruiting class, according to the on three consensus and the number nine receiver in the country, according to on three. So there's talented weapons all over. And that's not even to mention Jared Wiley, a six foot seven transfer tight end from Texas, who's big and physical and has a good catch radius <laughs> they got they got they're so big well, and long that, that's the thing I mean TCU has talent like Gary Patterson was always recruiting at the he, he it was consistently they were the third best recruiting team in the conference behind Texas and Oklahoma so I mean they have a lot of talent I mean this is maybe this is not the perfect analogy but like you know John Blake recruited a lot of talent to Oklahoma he couldn't coach it he left and Bob Stoops came in and two years later won a national championship I mean so the cupboard was not bare for TCU, certainly. And, and your point about the receivers takes away any thought of like, oh, you know, Julius Branch, just throw him on Quentin Johnston and call it good. Can't really do that. No, you're going gonna to have to rely on a lot of rotations to keep the guys in the secondary fresh with all the different guys that they're going to throw out there and then the physical toll of their running game that will take on K-State's defense. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely going to be K-State's toughest test to date on facing an offense. All right, so what's the what's the trickiest part about the Frogs' defense? Well, you know, this is interesting because you and I watched the KU game together when they played in Lawrence, TCU, that is, and I came away thinking that defensive line for TCU wasn't very good. I mean, they got no pressure on Jason Bean. Jalen Daniels, they shut down. It was interesting. They kind of shut him down the first half. Now there was a fumble at the goal line, but, you know, when you look at that game, Jason Bean comes in and he's hitting them for big play after big play, and we have saw what Jason Bean is last weekend. That's the, the real Jason Bean that we saw at Oklahoma. He did still score 42 points. I mean, he should have had five interceptions in that game. He had two. Um, but I mean, one of them that got picked was one of the most miraculous plays you'll ever see. Well, that makes up for some of the other ones that he threw right to Oklahoma that were not caught. But, you know, look, he played a heck of a game against TCU, but there were guys wide open everywhere. Um, in that game. I'm not sure what to make of TCU's defense. You know, OSU was up 24-7, to but then they, they don't score a touchdown in the second half and only get six points, Oklahoma State. They shut them down on that side of the ball. What's It's really interesting. I know D.Y. is going to have some numbers on this too, but Joe Gillespie, the defensive coordinator, he comes in from Tulsa under Sonny Dykes, and Tulsa's defense has been pretty good the last couple of years under Gillespie, the coordinator there. They were 18th in points per drive allowed in the country, and he's one of the finalists for defensive coordinator of the year. They run a 3-3-5 stack, similar to what K-State runs on the defensive side of the football, and he's overhauled a defense that, consider this, guys, TCU last year, 125th out of 130 FBS teams in points per drive allowed under Gary Patterson, 127th in yards per rush allowed was 6.1 yards per carry allowed last year, and 112th in sack percentage last season. This year, they're giving up 3.7 yards per carry, ranking 41st in the country, and you know, I'm looking at the numbers here that I've got pulled up. You know, they've, making, they've made big jumps pretty much across the board on the defensive side of the football. So uh, they're, they're better, obviously, than what they were last year. I still think K-State can expose them some. They're better than they were last year. They're still not great. Some of those rush defense numbers sound good. Success rate, though, eighth in the Big 12. Oh. Their rush defense success rate. So when it comes to down and distance, that's what it measures. Um, not getting the job done for the most part. Um, that's only better than Oklahoma and Kansas against the run. So, And then when it comes to Kansas State's rushing offense, we know it's pretty good, right? Well, Kansas State is the ninth least, or ninth least explosive team on offense in the Big 12. So it's one of the worst. It, it is the worst on pass. The only reason why they're ninth and not last is because Kansas State is the most explosive team on the ground. Well, I was just going to say, see, that surprises me. I would have thought because that's kind of been the narrative on the offense all year is that they're actually pretty capable of explosiveness. It's all in the run, all in the run game. Their explosives have almost exclusively came in the run game. Kansas State's number one explosive running game in the entire Big 12. TCU eighth in success rate against the run. So if Kansas State has an advantage, you know, offense versus defense in that, it would be the running game. Overall, K-State, when you look at plays of 50-plus yards, and this is, again, KSU underscore fan that came up with this second in Big 12 and plays of 50-plus yards at 1.8% overall, but then the 10-plus yards 
not not I think they're at the bottom of the Big 12 in plays of 10 plus yards percentage and 20 plus it's really just you've had some explosives on the 50 plus and they're all running game mm-hmm. you know Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn to DY's point does K-State with Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks that was probably K-State's only two 50 yard plus passes um, and the we Kate know what. Warner one? No, that was probably over 20. That was about it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you need some more explosives. And one thing that's going to be interesting to watch in this game is just the fact that they're forecasting 20 to 25-mile-per-hour winds. So who does that actually give an advantage to? The game's at night. It's going to be warm, but it'll be cooler because the sun will be down. It'll be dark. But Both know, teams like to run the ball. Both teams, so, I mean. both teams effectively run the football, right? Now, I would argue that it maybe takes away from TCU a little bit more if they can't throw it as well because they have a better passing game and more weapons at the skill positions. If K-State can gear up to stop the run more, then then you feel a little bit better about that. But, yeah, this is – look, it's a defense – yards per completion allowed, 13.3. That's 109th in the country. And I don't like to use that stat very much, but that shows that TCU is giving up some explosives in the passing game. Um, you know, sack percentage, 65th in the country. Look, they – they're much better on the defense side of the football, but I still think K-State's offense can put up points against this defense, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if K-State controls the clock in this game. Would love it. Did you have something else, D.Y.? I'm sorry. Uh, und- I would just say it, a sneaky outcome for this game would be an, a, a shootout. There, there's the elements are there for a potential shootout, <laughs> which would, would surprise people. No, John, not the M-word. Not the M-word. Murder. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, quick hitters time. Uh, let me just get us away from that quick, because I do not want to sound like a fool. Again, that was supposed to be group text only. That was group text only, and D.Y. has now exposed me for using the, uh, the SpongeBob murder gift this week. Quick hitters, this is one that's generated a lot of discussion among us before even doing this pod. If I gave you the option of taking, so it's like a button here, okay, right? I'm going to present you with a button. You can hit it, and if you hit this button, K-State finishes 9-3, and three. In the regular season. There you go. Yeah, thank you. Uh, K-State finishes 9-3. and three. No, you do not win the Big 12 championship. Let the chips fall what they may as far as making the Big 12 championship. So you'd have a pretty good chance, but not totally guaranteed of getting to Arlington. Or you can just let it ride. Would you hit that button to be guaranteed 9-3? and three? Wow. You guys are both hitting it, and I'm not. Because 7-2 and two is going to get you to the Big 12 championship. It's a lock. Yeah, it's a lock. That's a lock for a Big 12 championship. And the, and this, I don't think it's a – mathematically, I do not believe that to be it's, an accurate that statement. That is an accurate statement. It's, it's accurate when you look at the, this league and realize how tough it is to win every week. I mean, Texas will probably lose two conference games. There's already – six teams in this league have two losses already in Big 12 play. <laughs> yeah. So, and Oklahoma State and Texas are playing each other this weekend. So there's a second loss for one of them. Right, and if K State gets a seven and two, that pretty much means they got to beat either T- they got to beat TCU, Oklahoma State, or Texas. At least one of those teams. You got the tiebreaker. Bang, bang, bang! You take it nine and three. Get to Arlington. Have a chance to play for a Big Twelve title. I take well, that but you're not. Beat. But you're not winning the big. You're you're not winning the Big Twelve championship in this scenario. Well, oh, you, you didn't say you. I did you say said that. No guarantee of a. Title. I said no Big Twelve championship. I, that that should say no guarantee of uh, getting there. I <laughs> I was typing quickly and I but when I spoke it, I said. You don't get the Big 12 cha- it's, it's basically so losing. So you're telling me take 9, nine and three, 3 with no Big 12 Lose title the Big appearance? 12 championship. Yes. Oh. Uh, the, yeah. 
Well, that went fine. How did that? How was that not clear in the the statement? I've been making that statement the whole time. No, that wasn't clear at all. Tucker, was that clear? No. Yeah. That's why I'm okay. Thanks for waiting for Tucker's response there. that's why I'm saying I, I would I would way, let it ride because by the way, I I'm glad there's no one over there. I would have knocked yeah, him out. Would have hit Jason Anderson of eight ten earlier. Yeah, I'm very I'm very <laughs> bullish though. I'm very bullish on this this team right now. So anything that's not giving me a Big Twelve championship, let let it well, ride. I, agree, I just I, I, I thought you meant to, like no guarantee of getting to a Big Twelve title. Would you take nine and three right now? And I was saying yes because that will get them to a Big Twelve title. I wasn't. Okay. If you're telling me nine and three and they're Losing. They're not getting to Arlington. No, I don't you take that. Nine, nine and three, and like a loss to Texas or something. You're basically saying nine and three and losing to Arlington. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, kind of want to get to the title game. See, I mean, I knew it would still be intriguing. I think I'd to still you. take it because of the excitement, and I've no, already. No, you can't. Told. I threw it. Uh, well, no, the I button's gone. Button. You lost your I, chance. I know. I take it because I've already promised my five-year-old we're going to that game, and he's pretty darn excited if we make it. So. Yeah. You're going even if we don't make you're, it? You're, no, I'm saying we're going if K-State makes it. He's pushing the button because of Brody. Yeah. yeah. He's invested now. <laughs> he's already count. He's asking me every week, how many games do we need to win now to get to this to Cowboys Stadium? Uh, so Brody's going to love Texas TCU. Uh, well, we're not going if it's not K-State. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll be at Wichita State, oh, K-State basketball. That's that right. Night. That's right. He, he's okay. going to be surprised when it's not called Cowboys Stadium and it's AT&T Stadium. I know. Well, he asked me if the star would be on the field, and I said no. He's then led to a lot of questions about how do they get the star off the field for the game. <laughs> oh, hey, so. It's a fair question. Yeah, It's a fair question. John's, yeah. John's still wondering about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that I, this was like rumor mill sort of stuff, but I remember very early in the offseason when it was clear K-State was going to need to hit the portal for a quarterback and Sonny Dykes gets hired and the thought at TCU was like, all right, Chandler Morris is going to be the guy. So Max Duggan's obviously going to transfer. And there was talk, I know, for instance, on DY's boards about like, all right, how do we feel about Max Duggan? My boards. Climbing's. Well, I, the problem is, I was going to say you started the rumor. Well, I was going to say like on three or whatever, but it, it was it was not on three then, so I didn't want to name your. So I'm assigning it to you. Okay, there was conversation there about like how would everyone feel about Duggan because Kleiman's always spoken pretty highly of him. Kleiman always seemed to be like a guy that really liked Max Duggan. So what's K State's record if Max Duggan were the quarterback this year instead of Adrian Martinez? Four and two. You I don't, seen how I, Max Duggan's played this year? Yeah, uh, but I also recognize that, look, he, he can run the football. I just mentioned the numbers, but he's not as explosive as Adrian, and he doesn't have the weapons at the receiver position that he's so reliant okay. on at TCU and the Sonny Dykes offense. I just feel like he's a better fit in what they do schematically than he would be at K-State. And, that, again, he's a dual-threat guy, but I like him in the scheme more at Sonny Dykes' system than at K-State, and I don't know if he'd be nearly as effective with the receivers. At, That's that a great Adrian's point, Cole. Four and two. That's a good answer. Five and one. All right. He loses to Oklahoma but beats Tulane. I feel like John cut me off like he was tired of hearing me explain it. Oh, I, oh no, no, no. No, I was trying to be oh, cheeky okay. there and well, saying, I like, know, actually, you made really good points after I kind of made fun of you, okay. and now I'm on your side. Well, I didn't know because yeah. earlier we were all really Wait, giving each other a hard time. You still think we lose to the Tulane if we play him again? That's, I don't think I agree. Ooh, playing him again? I thought it was just, you know, the well, – We'll see him in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> we could see him it's in the Sugar Bowl. Out. I mean, look, I it's had, not, I had. It's not out of the I'm question. I'm telling you, this is so strange. I, I think I cursed the Tulane game by bringing Jimmy Ordno on our guest that week. You know, to give the spotlight oh, on TCU, I, who played on the '98 yeah. Tulane team, and he brought up we played on the last Tulane team that was ever ranked, and they went undefeated. And now you know, ranked. now they're ranked again for the first time since 1998. And have you seen all the bowl projections? They're like in the in the. They're getting goals. group of five buzz, yeah. yeah. Well, because they have one of the best wins in college football this year. That's GD right, Cole. That's right. Yeah, they do. Hey, shout out to Tulane, man. The Green Wave in the top twenty-five. I'm I'm here to flaunt that. I will pimp Tulane the rest of the year. Willie be, Fritz for sure. Ne- Beat ne- Memphis ne- this weekend. Next Kansas coach, Willie Fritz. I was gonna say we may be facing Willie Fritz again next year. I want <laughs> that, revenge. That, that could very well happen. Uh, all right, so Tim Brando is going to be on the call for this one. Yeah, womp, womp. Uh, would you rather listen to Tim Brando call this game or a wailing tornado siren for the entire three hours throughout the course of the broadcast? Well, I have a lot of respect for Tim Brando, but I would choose a tornado siren. So <laughs> I have a lot of respect for him. Well, we know he's going to somehow find this. Uh, audio because he but, tracks but, but, everything. But you still picked the tornado siren. I don't well, think I you're be tricking you're, him. You're right. You're right. Sorry, Tim. He's I really bad don't at like, his job. Yeah, he's not stupid. No, you're really bad. Here's at your the job, thing, Tim. It's not that he's look. I, I 
as a play-by-play guy, I mean, I'm really not a play-by-play guy anymore. In a past life, a play-by-play guy. A past I un- life, it's your current one. It's just a past job. Okay, well, I understand. have a job. I, <laughs> I understand how difficult that job is. Like, it is, you're playing air traffic controller. People do not understand. You've got producers talking in your ears. You're trying to look at spotting boards. You, you, you have a lot to keep straight. It is not an easy job. Oh, Mitch Fortner. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch says Fortner it's easy over there. We do Power Cat Game Day with. All right. Well, he's doing it right now professionally, and I work a marketing job, okay? So let's let's take it easy on me. But it is not easy. So I'm not – I try to be – It's not easy, but it is easy to say someone's name correctly. Well, here's the thing. It's it's not that he's, he's – he's lost a step. I mean, it's clear from a skill standpoint. Yeah. He's just – he doesn't have his fastball anymore. He's lost it. But he what he has maintained and the reason that I – crush him and it's annoying and I go and and I have no fear or like I don't feel bad about bringing this up is because while his skills may have fallen off his arrogance has not and he is unbelievably arrogant and that's the thing like when he fights with people and whatever it's like dude if you just say hey man it's a tough job I'm getting a little old like sorry I may mess some things up every once in a while then maybe I wouldn't point out that you pronounce Felix Anudike Uzama's last name seven different ways in the Texas Tech game last year Maybe I wouldn't point that out, but you're such an arrogant, you know what? While asshole. you do it, asshole. That I, I'm sorry. You're gonna get called out for it. That's the thing. Where if you, if you age gracefully and you had some respect and were nice about it and, and some humility about it, then we wouldn't do this every time. But I'm sorry. I'm here for all the Brando jokes because he's so damn arrogant. Hey, hey, we don't say asshole on the pod because it's a family show. And we know Matt Campbell. I can't let my child watch again because Matt, Matt Campbell said a lot more than that. Gosh, you know, just, again, brutal. I can't touch on that. It just hurts to watch that language used, abusive to officials. Uh, anyways, uh, Tim Brando, yeah. No, I completely agree with everything he said. He is very arrogant. John, give us his saying. Give us his go-to saying. How do you do? <laughs> we talked about Tim Brando on, like, on Power Guy Game Day last year, like a similar question, I think. When Probably, we show. yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, know if it was yeah. Tornado Siren, but yeah, give me the Tornado Siren. Yep. Uh, all right, finally, bigger number, Kansas wins the rest of the year or Texas losses the rest of the year? Kansas wins or Texas losses, which number will be higher? I need like a schedule in front of me. Texas losses. KU's going to win one more game at most. So. I mean, they're going to get another one, don't you think? I just think? said they're going to win one more game at You kind of said at most, like as if it were in question. Texas I mean, they'll Tech, get it. Texas Tech's the only game they have a shot at winning the rest of the way. Oh, they can beat Baylor. They won't win at Baylor. They're not going to win at Baylor. No. And they're not going to win Next. at K-State. Yeah. So you got to beat in Oklahoma State? No. You got to beat in Texas? No. <laughs> what? What win? <laughs> How does this keep happening? Like, I come after you like you have a bad take, and then you just walk me through with logic and stats and <laughs> – you know, then I'm, like, checkmated. I can't do That's not how this works. He, he's right. One win is the only guarantee. Okay. And I think Texas will. I, mean, I think they, they are good enough to get they one. Can, they can, they can, they're good enough to get one. They can get one more because they had Texas last year. They can surprise someone else. Yeah, I mean, at best, it's a push to me. Um, I, to me, the question on Kansas is six or seven. It's not five or six. Yeah, they're going to win one or two more games, and Texas is going to lose at most two more. I think te- Texas absolutely. To me, I mean, if you put a if you put a gun to my head, what would, what would I say? I would say, I would say there's a better chance of Texas losses being higher than than Kansas wins because I just I mean Texas here. I understand how they could flip this narrative and what I'm seeing in Austin is like oh program win, grinded it out against Iowa State in a in a spot where we would typically lose. And I get that that's that would be how you like paint it with a rosy picture, a rosy brush. But like right after. The conversation during the week after the Oklahoma game is, oh, can te- two lost Texas push its way into the playoff? And that conversation starts heating up. If Xavier Hutchinson just catches a wide-open touchdown pass, they're losing at home to Iowa State and the worst offense in the league. So I just they did exactly what Texas always does, not handle business in these games. And, I mean, I said it on Twitter, it, it, in a normal year, it's a fool's errand to ask Texas to play consistently throughout six games of a Big 12 football schedule. This year, with how deep the league is, that just seems stupid to expect that. So I, I think that they've got another loss or two coming. I do. I, I think they got one loss coming, maybe okay. two. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think I'm both. I'm push. Ku, I think it's one or two. No, more you wins. can't push. Ku gets. One I would have pushed. I would have pushed, but I didn't because I respect 
the sanctity of quick hitters. Then mm-hmm. I will go Texas losses being higher. Okay. Uh, lead pipe lock of the week. We've got Cole at four and two. Dy and I at three and three. Although we didn't totally remember all of our bets because it was a couple weeks ago. So I don't know. We we kind of just guessed. I'm pretty I knew sure. Dy right. Dy at Iowa at uh, plus three and a and half, half. Yep. against Illinois, and um, they lost by three. So Dy got it right. I had LSU winning outright against Tennessee, and they lost by twenty five. <laughs> yeah, that didn't go well. Well, I'm going to start here with a pick that I know Cole likes. I'm going to take Cincy minus three at SMU. Cincinnati got kind of a clunker out of their system last week. I believe that was uh, USF, right? Was that who yeah. played last week? Uh, who did? Cincinnati struggled against somebody not great. I thought last Tulane week. played USF last week. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let Jerry me look Bohannon it up. now done for the season. Baylor transfer quarterback. It's Gary. Gary Bohannon. Gary, I'm thank sorry. you. I can finally correct you on something. Thank you. Um, um, no, it was, uh, South Florida was the last game that uh, they have a bye week. Then last they week they must. Have, they maybe had a bye. Yeah, oh, so it was, that makes your bet even better. You got a fresh. It does fresh after Bearcat team. Yeah, after your dud. SMU has. I mean, they're three and three. They've been a little disappointing this year, trying to survive without. Uh, speaking of Sunny Dykes, so I think I think since he. Uh, playing for a group of five, you know, BC or uh, New Year's six, excuse me, bowl slot. I, I think they're going to well, win that game by 10, 10 to 17. For our listeners, that was actually my lock of the week, and John stole it. So, um, yeah, I like that game clearly. Well, I didn't hear that you had picked it. I picked it and was proud of myself. And then you said, oh, that's mine. And then I tried to pick another game, and you said, no, you take that one because I've got. What's yours? Oh, you're pitching to me? To- yes. Oh, oh, I got uh, Kansas State. Lock of the week. Lock. Of what, the uh, week. Of what number? Uh, what is it now? <laughs> I think it's all uh, three and a half. I've seen four. Well, it doesn't matter because Kansas State's winning. Oh. So you bet the money line. Oh, so you're you're led by the lock of the week is a money line. No, so. I'm going to take the point still, but I mean, I'll be upset. What's the point? You gotta, gotta uh, give us. Just get to give me three and a half. I, three, no, three and a half. you're getting four. Okay, I'll take four. <laughs> like you act like that's a bad thing. <laughs> you're getting four, and you'll like it. Like it's like the whole. You're getting four. Like I want a dollar, but like no, <laughs> you just negotiated two dollars. Final <laughs> offer. <laughs> All right, I'll take the four. Right, but I'm telling you guys, take the money line. K State, cats. Okay. Well, John is being inappropriate. I will take Bama minus 21. They're really good off a loss under Nick Saban. Mississippi State, yeah. I think, is kind of eh. – and Bryce Young should be healthier. It's another another week removed from his injury. I like Bama minus 21. So is Tennessee is Tennessee not legit? How, how legit is Tennessee? They're legit. Hendon Hooker. Playoff legit? Really yeah, I think so. What do you think, Cole? Yeah, I think so. Okay. They've shown enough. Yep. All right, well, we know Cole is predicting K-State to win this game. We'll, we'll see. Tennessee plays Georgia in, what, in a week or two? I think it's – Two weeks? Yep, it's the uh, the well, it's the week K State plays although, Texas. Although, is yeah. jo- although is Georgia? Because I started looking at college yeah. game day possibility. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, well, that's no chance. That I knew that it a, was stepping on our toes somehow. They'll be in Athens yeah. for yeah. that yeah. one for uh, sure. Yeah. But I, is Georgia a little bit of a fake? That'd be an interesting yeah, game maybe. to watch. I don't know, man. Like Oregon that. looks pretty good now, and they stomped Oregon. I know, but Georgia. Okay, is it just the excuse that Georgia's bored because they can't pull away from anyone? Yeah, they barely yeah. beat Mizzou. Yeah. Sorry, another Mizzou joke there. Uh, you guys know my my prediction here. I mean, yeah. Why don't John, you just start? I mean, how 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 bad is this going to be? It's not going to be Bob? not going to be murder, John. I, I think it's. Uh, I'm going to take K State, thirty four, TCU twenty eight. Thirty four twenty eight. All right, I've got thirty one twenty seven cats. Thirty one twenty seven. I think there will be some points scored. Thirty one twenty seven K State. Can I correct that? I think K State's going to hold them to a couple field goals actually, and not give up four touchdowns. Thirty four twenty seven. Okay, thirty-four twenty-seven. Thirty-four twenty. K State two touchdown win. Wow, wow, that would class. <laughs> I'd count that. Yeah, that count I that like K State. You just told me every game was going to be close and stressful and all this, and then you just like, p- like, picked a two ooh, touchdown pick win six at the end. It's Max a, Duggan as they're going touchdown. for the t- K State touchdown with a minute left to take a two touchdown lead. Oh, well, K State had a pick six the last time they were in Fort Worth. Mm, that's right, AJ, AJ Parker. Parker. Oh, jinx. So, God, you guys get a room. <laughs> And this time, Will Howard's not playing quarterback. So that's oh, that's, well, that's not very nice. Okay, I'm sorry. Look, I yeah, love you, Will. I love you. Uh, but hey, his his little brother is like going to be a heck of a recruit. So Ryan Howard, 2024. Ryan Howard, not the baseball player. No, no, not even that. Isn't that isn't that a character on The Office? Isn't that Ryan's name on The Office? Ryan Howard. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. We definitely. I really should take back that statement. Uh. Will, you're great. Howard family, I love you guys. 
Love you guys. And actually, Will Howard won that game, so I'm an idiot. What, what's your prediction? Um, did you give one? Yeah, I said 31-27. 31-27, okay. 34-20. Okay, all right. So we all got the Cats winning. Um, oh, put your put your money on the Cats. All right, well, yeah. When have we been wrong? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, shout out to, to Tucker Franklin, our producer, who's hung out all day with us, spent the whole day with us knuckleheads at Big 12 Media Day and uh, produced all of these shows for you guys and edits out some of the things that we may say off the air that shouldn't be included. So uh, we appreciate Tucker for all the work that he did and uh, – Look, we got a lot. Of, I'm doing your job here, John. I stole <laughs> your like, what job. What are you doing? Well, I want to promote all the basketball stuff we got. We got Yurik Maligi on the pod. We got Jerome Tang that aired. <laughs> we got Keontae Johnson pod coming You're next fired. week. <laughs> and uh, job we, got, we got a one-on-one with Keontae Johnson dropping next week. And then Naquan uh, Tomlin and Marquise Noel dropping next week, too. But, uh, Did you mention yeah. Scott Drew? We got Scott we Drew to Scott today, Drew. too, as we well. We just don't know how we're going to give you that one. We'll figure that out. <laughs> Scott Drew is coming at some point. That's my guy, man. My man, Scott Drew. Now everybody has to love Scott Drew. It used to be I was the only one defending him when everyone was like, oh, all he does is roll the ball out there. He's not that good of a coach. Well, now we took his assistant, and we all love him, guys. So you got to love Scott Drew. Thank you to me for being an early Scott Drew adopter. Forget thanking Tucker. Let's thank me for being a Scott Drew early adopter. Okay? You have always been with Scott Drew. That is certainly to be fair. You've, did, you've did made you great tell, arguments. Did you tell him that? Because I didn't. I wasn't there for that. Oh, I've told him that before at the little breakout sessions over there. One time, I went over there and I was like, "Hey, I just want to. I just want you to know, kiss ass. I'm the one guy in Manhattan that's been for <laughs> years. I was like, for years, it annoys me. I was like, I think I asked him, like, does it annoy you that people perceive you to be? It was like around the Isaiah Austin time, you know, when they were they were recruiting like really, really well, and then like people just assume you just roll the ball out and you have this talent, you play a zone, and like you're not that good of a coach. But I'm like, dude. You took over a team that couldn't even play a non-con schedule because there was so much scandal. They, they were terrible. And you, you've taken them to multiple Elite Eights. At that time, it was multiple Elite Eights. Like, do you think it's annoying? And, of course, he's nice and humble and didn't, ah, oh, shucks, you know, don't worry about it. But I appreciate you. You know, nice guy. Nice guy. So I built a rapport with, with Scott Drew over the years, yes. But you didn't ask him about Jonathan Thomathachua today like I did. I didn't. You did. You did get him very excited about yeah. that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what he kept doing to me. I really <laughs> he enjoyed did. it. He did. He kept, like we were best he kept like, grabbing him by the <laughs> shoulder <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I loved it, actually. Like I was really eating it up. It's Thomathachua, so. isn't it? Yeah. Did I screw it up? You said Thamba. Like, oh, you mixed up. Uh, I did. I <laughs> you said, like, he mixed Flo Thamba and Jeremiah and <laughs> I was trying to impress Man. Coach Drew. All right, well. We're trying to be professional here, folks. Unfortunately, Cole has messed up our professionalism today, but we'll we'll get on out of here on that note. I hope you will not remember us for that. You remember us for all the great things, very professionally, that we have done here on this pod. So, yes, for real, shout-out to Tucker, who's done uh, great work today with uh, all of us here. And uh, Holiday Distillery, go get your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Continue to support them, and uh, we will talk to you after... Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.